Hi, um, James here. We're a co-presenter of The Kitchen Is On Fire. The Kitchen Is On Fire. And I'm Sam from The Kitchen Is On Fire. A.K. Ticky Off. Um, we'd really appreciate it if, if you could support the podcast, if you've been enjoying it, by liking it on iTunes, maybe leaving a review if you can, leaving a five-star review if you can even do that. Um, maybe just follow us on Instagram, at Ticky Off. Um, we'd be really delighted. Hit us up with any questions you might have on there, and, and such forth. We really, really appreciate your time, and uh, your caring. Care about us, we care about you. Thanks. Goodbye. Greetings, Earth Humans. Your old buddy Bane here. You'll remember me from such films as Bane vs. Batman, Bane in a Plane, and Bane Tries Sleep Therapy, featuring Leonardo da Vinci and Michael Crane. When I'm not blowing up sports stadiums, I like to order wine using the Drop app. Ah, there's my delivery now. Ah, that's better. Really relaxes me. Drop. It's a wine delivery app for Londoners. Order from over 150 wines, and they'll be delivered within the hour to wherever you are in zones 1 or 2. Download the app at dropwine.co.uk and enter the promo code KITCHENONFIRE when checking out to get £10 off your first order. Have a great day. Love, babe. Please drink responsibly! Yeah. yeah, he skied into a tree. Did he die from Genuinely, you? that wasn't a joke. Yeah, no. oh. oh, did he die but from But you there? laughed. <laughs> Croquetas. James, heads up. I just gave you a word to the wise and give you another word to, to the wise. Drop an egg of knowledge on my head. I am going to drop it, crack it, all of the above. James, do not eat smoked salmon from the floor. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? It makes you poor. Five second rule. Yeah, I disproved the five second rule yesterday. I don't think you can disprove it. It's anecdotal, Sam. Well, but go on. Well, it's, I've just I've done some evidence based research. I dropped some smoked salmon on the floor under my chair, landed on the carpet for less than five seconds. I ummed and I ahed and I ate it anyway. How long did you um and ahed? Because that could have been over five seconds. Less than five seconds. I'm an ahing. I should have taken longer, considered it for longer, and put it in the bin, but I didn't, and I ate it. Why did you drop smoked salmon on the carpet? Uh, the pot of the lid it fell off and it all was wrong. You've paid that extra money instead of just buying like a spinach and boiled egg protein pot from Pret. You've gone the extra mile. You've got your little wedge of lemon and your smoked salmon. Your lemon wedge. Yep. Uh, and you think, I'm not prepared to let that go. <clears throat> I should have let it go. There are consequences to like one's Elsa. actions. Yeah. I should have done. You didn't. You no. made like someone who shat themselves <laughs> I didn't shit myself yeah but Potato. it made me poorly James it made me yeah. poorly last night yeah but there you go just thought crack an egg of knowledge to get things push off on that the shore that is useful for our listeners to know not to eat food off the floor yeah smoke salmon off the floor it's a no go off a carpeted floor as well not ideal mm. there we go what do you think That's about great. that That's how are you you're back from Thailand yes I am returned. I have doth return, as they say in ancient times. How was it? It's a great country. Um, I'd love to say thank you to Kay Plunkett-Hogg, who is our wonderful tour. Um, she's got a book coming out any minute called Barn, so let's give that a little plug. She's going to be on the podcast in the next week or two, because I did an interview with her when we were out there. Um, 
as the sun set over the hills above Chiang Rai, 30 miles from the Burmese border, as we sipped martinis and put the world to rights. Uh, she was a great tour. She grew up in Thailand, so she knows it like the back of her proverbial buttocks. Um, so we're going to work out what we're going to do, because you did two interviews when you were out there, didn't you? Interviews. Also interviewed Chef Andy Ricker, founder of Puck Park. Who we've talked about a lot on here, probably, yeah. over the years. Um, who's a lovely guy. Had a good chat with him. And not sure how that's going to come out in the edit, because he talks very quietly. And it was sort of over dinner, so there's like a lot of his chat and not much chat from me. So I don't know how it's going to work pod-wise, but... We might do like a little bonus pod. I'm sure you're on the edge of your seats, listeners. Yeah. But it's interesting. Like, it was, you know, put, put it out to the... Um, Put it out to Twitter for some questions, crowdsourcing some questions, some of which I put to him, and his answers to all of them were, were quite eye-opening. Unfortunately, the question about when are you going to open a restaurant in London, I didn't have my sound recording equipment on. But he said? He said, uh, never, because it's fucking ridiculous there. And I said, tell me about it. We've just closed a restaurant. Ridiculous is a place. Or ridiculously expensive. I ridiculously mean, expensive. Uh, but that's what he meant. Not it's a ridiculous place. No, no. He was just like, like I can't. He was like, I can't get. He was like, I can't get over how difficult, how expensive it is, and you know, just Crumbs. balked at it. Anyway, I did just touch on the fact that some listeners will know, some won't. That we have just closed a restaurant, and many of you, no doubt, will be in there to your seats to hear more about it. Which we will talk more about it. But this isn't the week for that. We will get to it. We're going to give a full. Biopsy, is that the word? Yeah, yeah. Do uh, yeah. so you, you do a biopsy to see if something's dying? This is already dead. I thought but biopsy post mortem. Yeah, post mortem. Post mortem. We're really going to pick through the bones. Yeah, because because we said this a while ago <clears throat> uh, that people never talk honestly about these things, and it's no. always oh, it was just a pop up or Brexit. Um, oh, we're looking for a different location. Yeah, it's like no. no, you're fucking not. Your restaurant's shut, and that sucks, and it hurts, and it's painful and unpleasant and all the rest of it so to actually have a conversation about it which will hopefully be interesting and helpful to people I guess well, that's it. because if you're, so. there will be other people in the same position and it's not I don't think it's very helpful to have other operators go like make up some bullshit excuse I think it's helpful to hear them go yeah it's tough and it didn't work for us end of story Yeah. but here is the story it's like the yeah. never ending story um, but yeah we can't talk about that now but we will do or Finnegan's Wake. You ever read that? I think I started reading it. Yeah. I think it's the kind of thing like you think like if I'm if I'm on public transport or something carrying around Finnegan's Wake, people are going to think I am badass. Like also if you if you walk around dressed in like a black suit, like the guy who we sat next, to, the guy from Catastrophe who we sat next to in Fernandez and Wells, oh, yeah. now closed. Uh, was he reading Infinite Jest? Or yeah, something? he was reading and Infinite Jest. Like, nodding to. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Rob Delaney. If he'd sat next to us in there, I would have bought him everything. I was going to say a drink, but not a drink. Yeah. A ham sandwich. Yeah. Um, I think I've read Infinite Jest on public transport. Of course you it's have. embarrassing. You're it? a knob. Yeah. It's a good book, though. So that hilarious and hugely entertaining episode of our lives aside, mm. what else is happening, Sam? How is Italia? I haven't even heard about it. I'm quite excited to... Really well, you haven't asked, so you know. Because I've been waiting for this, and we haven't really had a moment. No, no, that's true. Yeah, but sorry, I haven't. Um, Italy was great. Yeah, we just kind of need to talk about Thailand. So there's too much okay. to talk about. Let's, let's do Thailand. Um, I 
it's very hard you know it's one of those situations whereby it's difficult not to come out just with cliche after cliche um, I could I could for the first thing that struck me was I could completely see how and why people more than any other country I've been to would go like oh my fucking god I've got to I've got to make I've got to do this back home I've got to make a restaurant like that this is just amazing and just get so excited by it because uh, you know and I'm sure people feel exactly the same about Vietnam or about America or about Italy or whatever but for you know I very much um feel that way about Thailand now I just like I just love this food I don't what, know, what I is it about it that you, you know from having it's, it there because like you've eaten a lot of Thai food you cook Thai food sometimes and yeah yeah but what is this thing about being you know Albert in the the whole context of it and the people and the sounds and the smells and again you know as I say it's hard not to talk in cliches um and just like the complexity of the food you know given the amount of ingredients that go in these things and there's just it's so clean in a way and a lot of the time it's not but you know and I don't want to sound like sort of you know food tourist but or like I was just sort of ticking boxes but so like on the first night at 100 Mahasat um, amazing sort of restaurant apparently supposedly I don't know Bangkok but supposedly in sort of very random bit of Bangkok we had to ask three taxi drivers they'd never heard of the street it's a big old street but they never heard of it and it's called 100 Mahasat and um, because the street I think is Mahasat and he's cooking like nose to tail the chef's called Charlie Kader and I think he's coming over to a pop up here at some point but he's cooking like incredible nose to tail you know slightly off the wall slightly sort of tongue in cheek um, sort of Isan style food um, but doing sort of slightly funny things like a Saiwa hot dog so that spicy northern Thai sausage you get you, I think you get it at Kiln I think you probably get it smoking goat as well so doing that in a hot dog um, there's some sort of nam prick in there and he does a sort of bone marrow thing I guess in homage to St John um, anyway there was this lab which uh, a raw beef lab um, usually done with buffalo I think but with beef there that um, has blood um, added I guess for sweetness actually and then a little bit of bile um, for bitterness, and you think, oh god, this is isn't this me being edgy? God, I'm I'm really living the Thai dream, and but it's not edgy eating, it's not challenging eating, it's just delicious and complex and really quite invigorating, Sam. Um, and so that was baller. There was a place called up in Chiang Rai called Sanam uh, Lab Sanam Gila which literally means the lab place next to the sports ground, nice. which I also think is quite a cool way of naming your restaurant. Yeah. So, oh, the place next to the thing, um, which is like, you know, sort of a quote-unquote institution. If you're ever in Chiang Rai, you've got to go there. Well, I think one of the things you should have is the raw pork lab, which I wasn't wild about. Um, I say it's just loads and loads of things we ate that I was just... You know, and lots of very interesting, typical sort of traditional food, and then lots of interesting sort of more angular in terms of, you know, the way it was attacked. So there's a restaurant in Bangkok called Isaya, owned by the Thai Iron Chef Ian Kitichai, and he did a uh, khao soy, which is a sort of northern, uh, it's like a noodle curry, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he, he did a osobuko khao soy, which I thought was a awesome, b very us. Um, 
It's, I just felt I felt inspired, invigorated, enlivened, and especially in the wake of, you know, all of the magpie stuff, it was nice to get away and have an excuse to drink beer most of the day. Nice. So that's my potted Thai. You rode a donkey as well. It was a Mongolian pony. Mongolian pony. Was that a donkey, like, mate? That sounds like prison slang. <laughs> no, it was a Mongolian pony with a, a, a man of the man of the forest, uh, Simok, whose name means. Oh, because your mate and friend of the podcast, Ed Hol- Harcourt, commented on my post, Seamock looks like a badass. Yeah. Um, not only is he a badass, but Seamock means the colour of fog. Wow, is If that's not a cool name, I don't know what it is. So he took us on a tour of the forest, foraging for bits and bobs. Talked a lot of bullshit, probably, about you know the, the medicinal properties of this and that. But he was quite the fella, and then took us back to his house for uh, a snacky snacks that his wife had prepared, and his... Uh, his uh, cow, lao cow, which is rice whiskey, nice. which he infuses with all the sort of herbs. It tasted like kind of Benedictine fernet combo uh-huh. move, uh, but was cloudier than you know the drip off a petrol sump. Is there such a thing as a petrol sump? Don't know. Anyway, and that was eleven in the morning. We put down about five quite large glasses of that, um, but you don't feel drunk. You kind of feel floaty and a little bit stoned. Oh, nice. And um, and then he said, and this is when you should start smoking ganja, but we were behaving ourselves. Um, so the ponies were good. You know, it was it was, it was nice to... Long-haul flights without kids. Surprisingly straightforward. What did you do on the plane? Well, they were both overnight, so mostly tried to sleep. Right. And then watched a bit of Narcos and watched Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I enjoyed, and watched Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> which I didn't really. Nice. Yeah. So, Florence, Venice, Rome, quite the grand tour for you and your wife. Yeah. You fall out? No, no, no. Came close at one point, but yeah. no, we didn't. Actually, a couple of times, but no, not really. No, we had a lovely time. Where did you kick Just off? Rome. Rome. Yeah, nearly missed the plane to Rome. It's the first time I've ever nearly missed a plane. Really? Yeah. Did the sort of home alone running through the airport. Um, disaster. Well, you don't want to do that. You get on the plane all sweaty and angry. Yeah, to be honest, just the fact we got on the plane was just pure relief. Right. Um, so that was an interesting start. Got to Rome. Nice place to stay. Recommended by friend of the podcast, George Reynolds. Um, and walked across Rome. Amazing place. Like I'd never been to Rome before, and I appreciate this is probably cliche, but the um, Rome was actually my favourite city of the three. And what I was thinking about was that you know that people come to London, they're like American tourists, especially like, oh my god, everything's so old. So you go to Rome, like that is proper old, ruins and whatnot. And they didn't look after it at all, did they? No. But we came around the corner. We were just walking down some alley or something, walking to the restaurant for lunch on the first day. Sort of came out of this alley, and there's hundreds of people in this big square and this enormous building that looks like a set from Gladiator. And we're like totally ignorant. Like, oh, what's that? Google it. Oh, it's the Pantheon. And just literally just sort of walk down, turn a corner, and there you are. And see this, and walk into this absolutely incredible building and definitely feel, I think probably being in London all the time, you get quite blasé about the history of a mm. place. And, but to to see these places and to, to walk around the Colosseum, you know, you get off the tube and walk out of the tube station and the Colosseum's there and it just looks fake because it's so old and, yeah. and such a visual that you've seen, you know, in 
books or TV or whatever. So that was... Did you do any Roman-related reading while you were there? You like to do that, don't you? Um, No, I was reading... No, I was reading a book about the Arctic, which was definitely not in keeping, but it was a good book. Um, But the food was great. Ditty Rambo on the first night. I won't bang on about everywhere, but Ditty Rambo is like a little trattoria place that BB uh, recommended that was banging. And the best place, probably on the whole trip, was this place, Roschioli, which is a sal... I can't say it. I'll say salmuera, but it's not salami... Uh, Salumeria. That word. Um, with So you can sit at the counter. It's like a deli when you walk in. Guys in white coats, cheese, meats. They're you wearing sit, cheese. You can sit at the counter or you can sit in the room at the back. We sat at the counter. And just unbelievable food. Just like a massive plate of mortadella parmesan some unbelievable truffle oil on it um selling bottles of balsamic vinegar for four grand from Whoa. some case behind our heads and um yeah what's uh tortellini and brodo mm. little tiny little ones um what was the weather like? it was weather was amazing was it yeah in all the places it was t-shirt weather really we sat outside in venice the last day just sat by the canal and sat outside in the sun which was your favorite city rome yeah, Rome was great. Florence was amazing. Yeah, you know. Got did you a, hit up Gelateria dei Neri? Oh, we did, yeah, yeah. Did you have the pistachio jobby? I had the pistachio. Did you like it? The, yeah, it was great. Yeah, we had that before we went into the Uffizio or Uffizio. Uffizio, yeah. yeah which lovely that, stuff. So. No, that annoyed You're the, Italian, is that, beautiful. That annoyed the piss out of me. Did you see David? I got ratty there. Why? Because, which I had this conversation, maybe I should, I might cut this, because I was, I was saying to Ab, like, I appreciate this maybe makes me sound um, ignorant, which I'm not, because I do respect it, all that Renaissance art. I do respect <clears> it, <throat> yeah. but I find it all profoundly unmoving. Right. Like, profoundly, profoundly unprofound. It, yeah, it just, I feel nothing when I look at it. Mm. And I can see other art that I'm not, no, I'm not a fan of, but I get it more than I get Like I understand why it's there. I understand why they painted the same thing over and over again. I get it. I just oh god it put me in a really bad mood then I got especially annoyed because uh, there's all the it's an amazing building isn't it? but the mm. the sort of bit uh, with all the windows and there's all the busts of all old emperors mm. and whatnot. and I thought okay well I'm not into the paintings and stuff I'm not really into these busts but it'd be cool to find Caesar there's not one of Caesar and I'm reading all the little labels and I never find Caesar it's just a bunch of people I've never heard of did you find out where that was? no I mean he might have been there there was a lot of them yeah but I felt like I looked at all of them and didn't see it. So, I, yeah, I got a bit ratty after that. But it was great. But we went to the Florence Museum of Natural History. It was just full of stuffed animals. That's the first thing we did, and it was awesome. Saw a stuffed animal? Loads of stuffed animals. Did you hang out on the old uh, Ponte Vecchio, buy some jewellery? Well, we walked over it a few yeah. times, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just hang out there, right? Overrated, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, but it was good. It was really good. Loved it. Train... Fly to Rome, train to Florence, train to Venice, fly back. How long is the train from Florence to Venice? Florence to Venice is two hours, Rome oh, to really? Florence is an hour and a half. Yeah, oh, Wi Fi, leather seats, great. Oh, it's a really delightful joy. way to travel. Um, well yeah, done. At a lot. Well done, you. What was Zeb? Tell me about Zeb. <laughs> so, recommendation from Marina O'Loughlin. Yeah. Zeb, Florence. So, I sent an email. Hi, would you have a table for 8, 8.30? Reply, no, but we could fit you in at 7.30. Did you drop Marina's name? No, no, no. Nah. 
Wasn't that kind so of So as we're walking there, Ab says, yeah, I've just been looking at the TripAdvisor of this place. And I know TripAdvisor, maybe you shouldn't trust it, but there seems to be a theme emerging with this place. And I'm a bit scared. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's run by ghosts. Pirates. So we turn up and there's a guy in full whites. Cricket. Cricketers. Uh, chefs. Um, stood in the doorway. And we walk up. And we say, oh, hi, um, you know, Sam Hurley, you got a booking at 7.30. And he sort of looks at us. No smile, nothing. Turns and walks into the restaurant. And the door sort of shuts behind him. So I... Oh, okay, so I open the door behind him, walk in, and he says, sort of points to the end of the counter. It's, it's a, a sort of U-shaped counter. The whole restaurant, Horseshoe. and there's some yeah, and there's some um, seating around the edges, all wine bottles there, but quite slick and quite bright, and silent, and nobody else in there. So we sit down, and Abby's like, "I fucking told you, this place is going to be a nightmare." And he's quite intimidating, this guy. Big guy, beard. Sorry, where, which city are we in? Florence. Right. He comes over with a chalkboard and uh, he says, uh, Inglés or, you know, whatever. And I says, oh, yeah, please. And he sort of scowls slightly and then says, OK, this is tonight's menu. These are the first pasta dishes, whatever, and, and goes through. There's like six handmade pasta things. And then, and then stares at us and we're like, Oh, okay. We've got to pick now. Uh, okay, so I pick something. I pick something, and he writes it down, puts the board down, and goes away. And so we're sat in an empty restaurant, nobody there, silent, no music playing or anything, and he's just gone and sort of forced us to order the stuff and then vanished. So we sat and Abby's going, "Oh God, this is awful. This is awful." And then he comes back, wine. And I was like, yeah, do you have anything sort of, uh, you know, white, maybe sort of a bit funky? To, and he's just glaring at me like, fuck you. And I was like, or, or not? I mean, what, what would you recommend? And he just sort of pff, turns, walks out into the restaurant, picks up a bottle of wine, comes over, pours us a glass of wine. Absolutely delicious. Don't know what it was. Didn't see the bottle. Don't know how much it costs. Nothing. And still silent. And then suddenly he vanishes again and puts on a uh, music, which is like, film soundtrack stuff incredibly stirring and totally not really in keeping for just being two people sat in a restaurant mm. still no one in here pasta comes over it's his mum he runs this place with his mum she comes over she's really smiley puts this pasta what down what do you have uh, I had some ab had with ricotta and black truffle covered in black truffle and I had um, I think it was guanciale or something and but it was unbelievably good amazing and the wine was great so we finished that then he comes back over with his board goes through about 14 main dishes that are on that night and then stands there so this is yeah right to order the next course yeah. like oh okay so I had in Voltini you know, like rolled beef yeah. stuff vegetables <clears throat> and stuff Ab had rabbit black truffle blah 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 uh, he vanishes again then comes back red I was like yep yeah bottle but yeah 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 uh ab, you know doesn't sort of drink a huge amount of over fine vanishes yeah, you kind of don't want to say no to this guy totally <laughs> goes away gets a bottle no it's idea tech, no idea it? how much it costs no idea what it is fantastic absolutely great and we're just sat there going oh my god please somebody else needs to come in then this american couple came in with their son who i'm not i don't mean to be mean about people's parents and stuff but he looked like a hacker Right. You know, like who's on trial for extradition or something. 
he's wearing like a really ill-fitting suit jacket. He's got a ponytail and he's wearing cargo pants or whatever. And his mum and dad, and they come in and we're like, oh my God, they're American. He's going to hate them. So they come up. Surely you were delighted. We were delighted that it was somebody else, but we were like, oh God, this will be So we're watching down the counter as they sit there. He goes to the pastors uh, and, and then stands there and one of them says uh, uh, the, the, the first one and the mum's the second one son's like I'll have the second one uh, wine uh, yes please red and he just walks off goes and gets them wine it's like super uncomfortable then this other couple came in he did the he did the thing again with the with the ordering and they went oh could you just give us a minute to decide and he walked down to our end of the thing with his notepad threw it down on the counter and then he's just stood there staring out the window and the whole time we were in there before anyone else's but when he wasn't vanished and just you, you can he would just stood in the restaurant sort of sadly staring at things with this incredibly intense film music playing in the background nice. and then the mains came out and they were fantastic but i was like god this is a lot of meat like we're both sat there with two massive plates of meat and then i look over at the chalkboard and contorni section for the side dishes empty there's no contorni on that night it's just you eat your fucking meat and anyway, by then there's you know these these other people in there. So, and we were saying how fantastic the food was, and we got like a little half smile. And then at the end, he came over and he was like um, dessert. And I was like, I'm really sorry, we're too full. And you could just see his eyes darken. And then I was just like, it was too full. It was so fantastic. And he sort of he got a tiny little smile. And then asked for the bill, and I had no idea how much the wine has cost or whatever. And it was fine anyway. But it was. And you sort of realised uh, it's 110 euros, okay. but and it wasn't a bottle of wine because I was like, "Oh, do you reckon?" I don't think we've had a bottle of wine because we just had a glass. I didn't say that to him, but I was saying to Ab, like, "Should I get ask for some more of that, or is he just giving us oh, a so glass?" So he, was poor, he wasn't leaving it with you. He was poor no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Um, but it was absolutely bonkers because you think it was complete anti-hospitality, yeah. super uncomfortable, and totally if the food had sucked then you wouldn't ever go back. But it was a really rare example of, you know, you always say, like, ah, oh, the food's crap, but the service is yeah. great, you go back, but vice versa, you wouldn't. Yeah. This place, you would totally go back. Yeah. Because in, in, it, in its awfulness is, yeah. was, was how... And you really got the impression when he sort of smiled at us at the end that he's like, he's, it seems like he's really shy. Like, yeah. there's a sort of nervousness that comes across as this slight unpleasantness until Italian people come in and he's like, oh, right, nice really. pie. Okay. Yeah. But, um, Do you think he also, you know, you got the sort of smile of approval because he got that you got it? I don't know, maybe. It was nice. It but was then, one restaurateur to another. You but, know. Then, but then the next day I sent him an email saying, I just wonder if you could let me know what the wine was because it's fantastic and we had such a nice time and blah, blah, blah. No reply. <laughs> but I messaged... Did Marina Ma- give any sense of that when she no, recommended it? No, but I messaged Marina the minute we walked out the door and I was like, oh my God, that guy in Zeb is the most fascinating person I've ever come across in a restaurant. And she was like, all caps, was he as awful to you as he was to me? <laughs> Um, but it's fantastic, Zeb. You should go yeah. to Zeb, and uh, I, I, I've kind of warmed to the guy because it just felt like at the end he's not an asshole. He just seemed sort of shy and a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, I reckon if you went in there knowing, knowing your shit, then you'd have a great time. You know, next time you go, yeah, you'd be like, all right, I, I know what we're in for. Totally. And like, I just, I, it's so weird because I would so recommend it to people, even though it's, it was sort of fifty percent one of the most uncomfortable, terrifying dining experiences ever. But 
not just because of the food, because of I think by the end of it, you sort of get a sense of that guy, which mm. I guess is what you do in a great restaurant, you know, a great host in a restaurant or whatever. So yeah, it was fascinating. I've totally banged on about Zeb, but that was no, my that was, was my Italy tale. I enjoyed it very much. Enjoyed it, Sam. Uh, guest this week will be joining us shortly is uh, journalist and comedy writer Molly Goodfellow. See you after the musical interlude. Did you do drama? I did drama, but I, like Jamie, was quite sensitive, and my teacher preferred my friends in the class, so then I was like, I must be shit. Brutal. I'm not going to invest in it. But it turned out he was a bit of a creep, uh, so it was more like a creep thing a creep I'm thing. shit thing. Right. I think there's probably a lot of people out of school now, just, you know, who maybe, I mean, I'm probably older than, than both of you, but... Kind of thinking, oh, that arsehole teacher at school. I hope that something comes out about them and they yeah. get. What, because they, they, they didn't cast me as Hamlet? No, no, not necessarily for that, but just so, you know, you want them to get their comeuppance. You know, I had yeah. some horrific teachers, and the idea that they, that they get, get in some, have an unpleasant end to their lives wouldn't upset me massively. How are your school days? My school, are we recording right now? Oh, yeah. We are, we are. Oh, cool. <laughs> My school days were okay. I started like one of these, I was very like good when I started. And then, because I, w- I came from a really small primary school, so there are only like 70 of us in our primary school. Right. And then went to like big secondary school. And like when I discovered that there were people that were smarter than me, I was kind of like, oh shit, like I'm not the only clever one. So then I stopped trying as much. So then I like. That's an interesting, t- very human tack. We're like, instead yeah. of like, oh, there are people smarter than me, I'm going to try so I can be better than them. I was like, like they can it. be the smart ones, I'll just do my thing. Okay. So then I kind of got more and more average and then by the time I was in sixth form I just was not caring at all and then left with really bad not really bad I got CCD and I did get a genie but then I was like I'm not going to go to uni because I hate school so I didn't hate school I liked school but so how many of your teachers would you like to see either dead or <laughs> on a register somewhere um well so there was this teacher and I'd like him dead okay any like method or um brutal like I want it protracted not like painful but just really sad like the Bridget Jones thing of being dead in your flat for weeks before anyone notices Mm. and then it being like a square in the paper and like no one comes to your funeral yeah like that kind of thing alright so quite brutal like emotionally brutal subtly brutal emotionally brutal Mm. and devastating yeah like that if there is an afterlife he'll be like oh look I've died and no one gave a shit I must have been a dick exactly who was your worst teacher? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, have, yeah, I need some yeah. time to think about that. Various, you know, you know. It, it, I was a bit. I was a bit of a dick as a kid, to be honest. Right. Sort of like Molly. I was at a small school. Yeah. Not saying you're a dick, by the way. <laughs> I was at a small school and was sort of top of the class and obviously amazing on every conceivable level. Good at sport. And then went to a much bigger school and I was like, ah, oh, I'm really average. Yeah. And then and that's at the age where also other stuff's happening hormonally. So you know you double down on on the sort of reactive. Behaviors. And you have there's this weird thing in schools that I noticed when I was getting towards the end of my school days, is that if you're not like really shit and you're not really clever you kind of like fall by the wayside Mm. so if you're not constantly kicking up in class 
they don't want to do the whole like Robin Williams thing of trying to make you a great student mm. and you being their like project and fixing you. But if you're not super like That's a star, what the song Angels is about, isn't it? I think so. Did I say Robin yeah. Williams? No, I was Robin. just making it. I was just making it. <laughs> oh, <joke okay>. <laughs> but yeah. So I think that's probably where I fell. Um, so you ditched uni, and then so did you start writing straight away? So I've been blogging. I started blogging in sixth form, like fashion blogging, which seems really weird to me now. And then kind of. Why does it seem weird? Just because I don't have disposable income anymore, like I did when I was a teen, so I don't buy as many clothes. Isn't the beauty of fashion blogging you just get sent stuff? Or is no, it, only if you're popular. Right. Only if you have enough fate, like followers and influencers. Stuff didn't really exist in the same ways it does now that it did then. Right. So, I, yeah, so I did fashion blogging and then I got a job in social media and PR in Cambridge, which I kind of blagged my way into, I think. Is that, where you're, then, is that where you're from? Yeah, so from Essex, but grew up very near Cambridge and both my parents worked in Cambridge. And, yeah, so I got a job also in Cambridge because I couldn't drive. So I was like, my options are Cambridge or this other place, which is like a 40-minute bus away. Right. And I was like, I'm going to go for Cambridge because my parents can give me a lift. Yeah, wise. Um got to think yeah, these things through exactly and then got a journalism apprenticeship with the Evening Standard and spent two years there and then everything's kind of like snowballed from there I guess okay yeah. well uh, we've been doing a rare bit of research on your oh Evening no. Standard columns um, so let's talk about <coughs> Joe Wicks because you know, he's as good a place to start as anyone you got to spend time in his hallowed company I got to speak to him on the phone ah okay not quite the so, same so he was very chirpy on the phone and he's also I know he's not from Essex he's from like I'm going to say sorry I don't know much about the guy he's quite he's, yeah he's really interesting he like just did a boot camp in his local park for years and then I think he started doing Instagram stuff and then got picked up and is now Joe Wicks I was genuinely and as yeah. sounds like some mm. incredibly lame joke which I don't mean it to when I first saw this health bloggery diety foodie guy I thought it was uh, one of the characters from EastEnders okay because <laughs> isn't there wasn't there Joe Wicks in my head there was Joe Wicks oh no there was Joe Sh- the um, Wicks is definitely a surname in EastEnders in my head like 80s EastEnders so. and I thought wow what a Denise sort of Wicks? turnaround Denise yeah Wicks? I think so but I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah, Joe Wicks. He was the son on, or he's related to Dirty Dan or something. You know that era of EastEnders. Yeah, and I, was, and I was like, what a what a pivot. You know, that's a career pivot. He was on Albert Square, and now he's you know in the light crew and eating the quinoa and whatnot. But it was not but different. Now guy, it feels like guy. it'd be the other way around. Like he'd yeah. start as the influencer, totally, and then in like ten years he'll just turn up on EastEnders. Dan Dyer style. Yeah. I could see that also happening. But what, how was he, what was his vibe? How was he? Yeah, he was very jolly. I don't really remember much about it. It was ages ago, and I think it was quite like a fluff piece about... He was kind of more up and coming then. I don't think he... I don't think his first book was out then. So it was more kind of like an introductory. This guy's going to be big, but not quite big yet. Right. But. So two years at the uh, Evening Standard presumably gave you a pretty good insight into that machine. Yeah. Because of, most Londoners, I guess read it at least once a week I just remember it as this thing that my because my dad worked in the city so he would get up and like leave the house at like five in the morning and then be back at seven and I just remember him he'd come home with a standard and that's the like kind of the only Mm. context I had of the evening standard um and yeah it was really interesting I really loved working there so I do four days a week on the paper and then one day a week at college was that under Sarah Sands yeah 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 um before George Osborne 
before George got Osborne. His, got his trotters in there. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I really loved it, and it was quite eye-opening. I suppose it was kind of it was what I thought it would be, and also not what I thought it would be. I went in quite naively. I remember I went to one of my first like um, feature pitches, and I said I just because I just moved to London, and I wasn't earning very much because it was an apprenticeship. And I was like, I don't have, like, here's a feature. I don't have any friends. Why don't I, like, go out and try and make friends in London? And I thought that it would land really well, and it just made me look like a loser. He was like, please, <laughs> can I use my job to help me find some friends? Because I don't know anyone. I think that's a great, that is a great pitch, though. I thought that was a good pitch. Especially a city notoriously difficult, you know, yeah. lonely yeah. for people. And but. also because I was at a weird age, so I was 20 at the time. Um, and so everyone kind of my age, all my school friends were at uni, because I was the only one of my group that didn't go. And I don't know how, as a 20-year-old, if you're not at uni, you really make friends. Yeah. Apart from by work in college, which is what I did. And on Twitter, which is kind of... I just went to Twitter and made friends there, I guess. It's the beauty of Twitter. Exactly. I have some friends. I have many friends who I first befriended on Twitter. I was on my way here, and I bumped into a guy that I'd been following on Twitter for, like, years. And we'd never met. And we, like, had eye contact on the street. And we were both like, you're that guy. And he was like, you're that person. And we, like had a chat and it was cool that can often be kind of awkward though it wasn't awkward no is it okay it can no, be good. it can be I've gone to a few like um, networking things like journalism networking things and people have come up and said oh I follow you and you're great and I feel really bad because I don't know who they are and then I'm like oh that's alright though I mean I do that with people that I've met a number of times and I'll have a <laughs> whole conversation with them and James will say to me at the end it doesn't reflect very well on me it's not because I'm an arsehole it's because I have a really bad memory but he'll say to me after they've left he said you've got no idea who that is do you and I'm like yeah I'm really no, bad with like faces and yeah. putting names to faces I'm and terrible. I do the thing where if someone introduces someone to me I'll be concentrating so hard on trying to remember their name that I forget to like hear their name and remember what their name is yeah I think maybe it's like maybe you know meeting people is like it, some people say about writing songs and they're like oh well you're falling asleep and you oh, I've got this amazing idea for a song if I remember it in the morning then it's worth remembering yeah. and if, if it's gone in the morning then it, was, it wasn't a song worth gone. remembering or maybe I've just got a bad memory what are you saying if you don't remember someone's name they're not worth remembering <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm trying to find a way out of being yeah. just an arsehole yeah didn't sidestep that one perhaps well, you never you, you rarely do um, so, what, so what sort of stuff were you other than Joe Wicks what were you writing about then um, so I do the odd food bit like food trends in London um, TV culture pop culture stuff I think I was kind of like the young one so it was like what's going on online that kind of thing so forgive my ignorance but is, is, writing, is writing about trends like a relatively new thing I don't I, think so no right I don't I don't think so it just feels. I mean, not, when I say relatively new, I mean like in the last ten years, the sort of oh, post, yeah. as post social media thing. In in nineteen ninety, I don't think they were doing a list of. Maybe like, it was harder to like recognise trends back then. Hmm. I mean, they were doing it with fashion and stuff, so it probably sort of came from that. Yeah, blue is in this year. Denim is yeah. yeah. Is Low out. rise jeans, yeah. boot cut jeans. Black is always in fashion. Always. Yeah. If you keep it safe, wear black. Stop navy. Blue. It's navy. Black t-shirt. Yeah. Right. We're all wearing blue, yeah. which is good. It's good, you got the memo on that. Yeah. And then, so what are you up to at the moment? You uh, do a bit of telly. I've uh, noticed. Yeah. So last year I wrote for Frankie Boyle show, which was really good. Did some Have I Got News for You? 
So, okay, how, how does uh, writing for Have I Got News for You work? Because obviously mm-hmm. everyone at home yeah. And how do you get your foot in that door? Everyone at home I thinks don't know. It's, it's all off the cuff. Um, so, I wrote some bits for the kind of stuff that bookends the show. So, the kind of like pictures and videos bit, but they're like, and now a picture, which is somehow funny. So, I'd write things, be like, this could be funny. And they need to be like, yeah, that's funny, or no, that's not funny. Um, are, you, for, are you in a room doing that? Or? I was in a room by myself doing that. <laughs> okay. um, so the room is irrelevant? Yeah. Or was it a special Higgins It was a special room. room, and I was bought refreshments. Um, the Frankie Boyle room, there were other people, and we'd kind of watch stuff from the news, and we'd all say things that were funny. Is that not just like the most terrifying thing in the world? Yeah, and it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. Um, and... So I can't, and also I did the thing where you're like, oh, you have to be funny. So then you're like trying to think of anything that could be vaguely funny and you presumably come up short and then you're like, damn, I should have been more funny. But like how, it's kind of like, how do you be funny? Yeah. Which it is It must weird. be the most amazing thing when something gets away, when people are like, oh yeah, that is funny. Yeah. That's and quite yeah. exciting. Do you remember your first um, joke, as it were? Um... I can't now. My first joke ever in my life. No, no, no. <laughs> like, ooh, it would have been shit, I think. Yeah. You said something and everyone was like, oh, that's brilliant, that's going in. Um, I can't really. It's all, kind of, it's all quite, like, collaborative. So it'll be like one person will say one thing and then it kind of snowballs and becomes mm. something that maybe came from something someone said a little thing of and then it's then Frankie works it into his thing. Is he sitting there as well? Yeah, right. yeah, Crumbs. he's sitting there. Does he? Yeah. T- does is he chipping in as well, or he's just kind yeah, of listening? Yeah, we're all to kind of right. just jumping in and saying, kind of. So if we're watching a video about Trump, we'd be like, "Well, these are the obvious funny things," but then it's like, also, isn't this bit funny? And then that kind of snowballs. And what's he like to work with? He's good. He's fun. He's not what I expected. In what sense? Hopefully, he's not going to listen to this. Um, well, I just watched he's him. He's a big listener. I'm sure they he is. He will be. Yeah. Um, so I'd like watched him when I was a teenager, like watching Mock the Week and stuff with my dad. And kind of, you get obviously he was quite controversial, mm. and would say things that people say that's so offensive. And so I was expecting this kind of like larger than life character, and but he's quite like reserved and quite sensitive and quite like composed, right? Which was surprising to me. So he's he, really good. It's almost a persona, his stand-up character, or it's just I an amplification. Know. I suppose so, but I suppose that's probably... I think that's true for everyone. Because yeah. if you go... Like, what if you go out being your most authentic self and then everyone's like, you're trash? <laughs> you're trash. You're trash. <laughs> well, you know, everyone hears Sam on this and is like, oh, that guy's so funny and outgoing, and then they meet him in person. He's like, oh, God, he's so miserable. That's how I feel about myself. Yeah. Everyone's like, you're so funny online, and I'm like, I'm not in real life. Sorry. You're quite a fan of a bad joke, if that's not too mean to say. Yeah, I love in it. In the same way that I, I like love a bad it. joke. I like... I tell... So I live with my boyfriend, and I'm... All, constantly like workshopping I'm doing air quotes but workshopping yeah. jokes but they're just written and he always tells me they're terrible and I'm like that's good <laughs> like if someone replies to one of my tweets just saying my name or saying stop then I've done a good job in my opinion do they, but do they say it in a, in a way that's like stop but I, I you know I get yeah it's doing. like a stop but also respect mm. because that is quite good but so, don't say it in real life ever yeah so you were writing <clears throat> and do write um regular pieces on regular topics but yeah. how, how, how do you or, or why did you make that move into you know into trying to write comedy to getting in a room to getting um, on the Frankie Boyle show or whatever so after I, so I finished my two years at Evening Eating Standard Independent and then I mo- quickly moved on to work with Sky News Politics 
Um, Absolute laugh fest up there. Yeah. Bolton. I started. Burley. I started like just before Brexit, the Brexit vote. So I came in like just before that June and I left um, like not a year ago, like two years ago. So just after Brexit had happened, after there'd been the general election, I think. I'm trying to remember. And it had just been like a. It it was quite like a brutal two years because it was just constant and I like wasn't prepared. Right. And it was quite emotionally like draining, and I I started doing jokes and stuff then and did some Biden meme stuff. Some memes some about what? you know Joe Biden. I did oh, some Biden meme, meme. yeah Biden a, memes. Okay. Technical term. So I did some memes about Joe Biden and I kind of found that the easiest way to do the news was to make fun of it, which you can't really do if you're on like an impartial Ofcom regulated broadcaster. Yeah, right. So I kind of said, I'm really depressed. Is Kay Burley not full of lols then? She is. She's lovely. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. Alright. I was just she's about nice. to, I was just about to say I re, I'd just taken a swing at Kay Burley and you worked at Sky News, so you might be buddies with her, so I shouldn't have taken a swing at her. I wouldn't say we're buddies. Nice. Yeah. Um but she's but nice. she's support like she's supportive and she's good and we did these I did the like ages ago I did these words and women awards about we me and my friends set these up like off the hoof because we were annoyed at women not being nominated for journalism awards and I was at Sky and I was like Kay Burley I've only worked her a month but will you host our awards and she was like yeah of course and she like turned up and hosted the whole thing Bless. so that was quite cool who are your pin up uh, writers like um, journalistically columnists ju- columnist like Joel Golby yeah. He's very funny. Um, like my friend Marie Leconte. So I feel like yeah, I'm just going to name my friends now, which is awkward. Young Bulgarian. Young Bulgarian. <clears throat> yeah. Um, my friend, I've got a friend, Esther Weber, who works at, I think she's at the Times now, and she does politics stuff, and she yeah. does memes too, and she's very good. Um, love stuff at the New Yorker. I liked Stuart Lee's piece about Andrew Neil. Oh, I missed that. He did this thing about Andrew Neil and it was really like eviscerating and Andrew Neil like quote tweeted it being like, who is this guy anyway? <laughs> and it's like, you're going to pretend like you don't know who Stuart Lee is and like you're just trying to pretend like you're not upset that you got owned online. And it was just very funny. But so you, so you started doing that. You were like, I can't do the funny while you're at Sky News. Yeah. Well, so I'd been co- I'd been like constant. I'd been tweeting like alongside, and that's kind of where I grew my audience and people of note started following me. I suppose, and were like, Oh, you're really funny. So I kept that up. But yeah, I got to the end of two years, and it was like Brexit, general election, like varying terrorist attacks, and I was just like, This is really too bleak, and I can't. I was like, <laughs> broken person by the end of it. And I was like, I have to quit for my, like, sanity. Because I think that something that people don't necessarily... This is, make it, this is meant to be funny and it's quite bleak. Um, I think something that people don't necessarily take into account with journalists is that you're... Especially if you're a young journalist who's doing social media stuff, is that you're seeing a lot of stuff as well and experiencing stuff. And with Sky News, when it's on the TV, when you're in the office, you're sat at your desk every day and you're watching rolling news the whole time. Yeah. Like, you're sat in the office and all you can hear all day is all of the news yeah. and normally all of the news is really bad yeah. so if you're sat like five days a week for however many hours in a room full of TVs blurring yeah. out the news I feel like if you did that to like a monkey yeah. in like but an the, experiment that would be totally bad because the, 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 the only other time that human beings just sit in front of rolling news is 
when you're in a hotel room in another country and usually yeah. you're eating club sandwiches and doing whatever not else really you do in hotel rooms. What do you, what, what, what? Well, because there's not English language channels, is there? If you're in, I was in Italy last week, so... Oh, Did you, you just watch the news? Well, you just put, they put it on the back, you know. Oh, you yeah, you, that's you, true. like you're on this gourmet odyssey. Yeah, but when you're, you're in the, when you're in the hotel room, you put the TV on just for background, for background noise. noise. So, you're not so, so alone. then it's rolling news. He was with his wife. He so then you're there, you know, you're eating a club sandwich, you're wearing put a... Put it on a, so you don't have to talk to your partner. Yeah, you're wearing a free robe and, you know, horrific things are happening. And they're like, oh, but it's but, all right, because we're all, we're all you, can't, you can't be wearing a robe and some complimentary slippers and eating a club sandwich yeah, in, this, in like, the Sky News office, is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, this thing's happened. Better call this guy and see what he thinks about it. And then you have yeah. to call another guy to see what he thinks about the thing that the person just told you what he thinks about. And, and before you cr- know it, you're on the phone with Chris Grayling and all. <laughs> yeah. You know. But also, I suppose, probably, you know, something's happening, a story's happening, and, and it's... It's really and exciting. It's, and it's, yeah, but but bleak, yeah. and you're having to be so professional about it to get yeah. a story out and explain the information behind it, and not being able probably to process it in the way that if you're just somebody seeing it or hearing yeah, about it. Yeah, you kind of just go into like because I remember because I because I was on the politics desk, I was working in the Westminster office, and the day of the Westminster attacks, you very much like go into autopilot, and you're just like, ah, our um, office is being like quarantined off and we can't leave because there's like a police barrier mm. and you're like it's okay just doing my job yeah this is normal this is what life's meant to be so yeah. i feel like i've made this really bleak for everyone no, no we, i think we, it's we, interesting we, we like honesty it doesn't all have to be you know pancakes and goat curd i love pancakes um i find there's a weird disconnect between like geography and the news just like uh, what you just said i was just being in thailand and this like big political event happened in Thailand. I was on the Guardian. It's like, oh, this shit's just happened in Thailand. Kind of forgot that I was in Thailand. Yeah. And this was quite germane to the people I was hanging out with. But didn't think, oh, so what do you reckon about this princess then? Yeah. Until someone was like, have you heard about this princess? It's weird. Like- Maybe I'm just very thick. You're very incurious. Very incurious. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the opposite of George. I'm incurious, George. Yeah. Oh, right. I thought you were harking. I thought you were doing like a throwback to George Osborne. And no. I was like, not quite. No, he's very curious. He is. Now that he is a journalist. I'm quite curious about him. Yeah. He's Maybe. sort of doing quite a good job of rehabilitating his public image, I'd say. He, like, did swimmingly. He's like PR example of how to just turn it around. Mm. Don't buy a £25,000 shed. Get yeah. a job in journalism. Yeah. Don't put your penis in a pig. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly. <laughs> so you want to get out of the news? Yeah. How, how do you get from Sky News and the bleakness of that into a comedy writing room? I, I don't really know. I just quit. I just got to a point where I was like, I'd been looking at other things and I kind of... So I'd been offered... Someone like had approached me about some writing stuff when I was working at Sky News. And I was like, I can't really do that because I'm working for Sky News. And then I got to a point where I was like... You might just have to quit and see whether it happens or doesn't and right. whether like so quit and go freelance rather than just quit and lie on the floor and wait until someone like picks <laughs> me up and like puts me somewhere so i like went freelance and yeah um i had been followed by richard osman for a while who is pointless guy he's yeah. not pointless he's one of the presenters of pointless and his brother's in suede which I didn't realise. Is that right? It's his brother in Swade. Who's his brother? brother? The guy from Swade. Uh, Matt Osmond, yeah. You learn something new every day. I find him funny, but he seems to get flamed a lot by the sort of Twitter, you know. Yeah. I feel like you get to a level when anything you say is going to be like, 
flamed by someone. Yeah. So speaking of which, and I wasn't even going to bring this up, but now yeah. I am because I've had half a bottle of beer. Um, you were doing some flaming of friend of the podcast uh, Dolly Alderton not long Did ago. Did I? I believe so. Okay. She wrote that thing about public school. Yeah. You didn't name her, but I thought that was what you, I thought there was a bit of subtweeting action going on. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I just, for people who maybe oh. explain to listeners what the context is of. Oh, so she wrote an article about private school and she said, I went to private school and had like an Olympic size swimming pool, but I feel bad about it. Mm. And I was like, I think there's a lot of because like I was the, like the conversation about Oxbridge came up again today on Twitter, and it's like forty seven percent of media went to Oxbridge. Right. And if you just think a about minority, minority, <laughs> yeah, forty fifty two forty eight. Um, and it's just everyone like loads of people went to private school, and I find it really I find it really strange. It's like the whole thing of this Felicity Huffman thing, where she's been arrested for paying so her kids can get into university. Yeah, I didn't Have you quite, seen I, that? I, I've seen the headlines, but not. Yeah, so allegedly that. she allegedly <laughs> she like paid for her daughter's exams to be changed after the fact, that, so that she could get into university. And there's this whole like scheme set up so that rich people can get their kids putting into faces on photos of other athletes to get them into yeah. on sports scholarships. Which I'm like, if you put my face on the picture on a photo of Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to say Eddie the Eagle Edwards, but I'm glad you didn't say him. Then I'm going to get into university because I've shown them a photo. Well, surely of they'd me. ask you to do the thing. Yeah, exactly. They'd be like, "Call cool, now, play part," and you'd be like, "Well, yeah. shit." Put me on like, Cristiano Ronaldo's body and be like, "Hey, can you do a hundred keepy ups with sort of weird slick yeah. back hair?" And like, no. Sorry, Karen. But yeah, I just kind of I'm always a bit like eye rolly when people like. It's kind of this thing like, well, I went to private school, but it's cool because I. I'm sad about it. it yeah and I'm not like it's fine you went to private school like you didn't get a choice mm. in which school you went to but like just, do we have to talk I, I don't know it's this weird thing of like do we have to talk about it all the time but also I think it is important to talk about it so that we know not that like weed out everyone that went to private school so we know who went to private school but like I think it just needs to be more transparent of how many yeah. people went to private school and that kind of thing so it wasn't like a personal thing no sure no, I think the point is interesting and the like you don't see like you don't get columns like I went to state school and I have no opinion on it or like <laughs> I went to state school and I'm super proud because of these reasons I think you do do you? yeah I think when yeah, I mean yeah you get I think that. you get like you kind of get like a backlash against the people talking about how guilty they are to go to private school and then you get like people going like well I went to state school and I got well, I was like I don't know some sort of stabbing ring or something not stabbing but like there was like this not kind of bravado stuff. of like oh I went to state school so it was kind of like being all of a twist and that kind of thing yeah I mean I think there's a, there's, a, there's there's definitely a there's, you know as far as stigmas go um, having gone to having to be privileged did you guys go to private school I did he didn't I didn't know. which um, private school did you go to the, the worst one of all which one Eton mm-hmm. you went to Eton yeah oh, so, so speaking you know I don't feel guilty about that but I definitely feel occasionally embarrassed and do you when I was uh, in my larder out days as I was <laughs> known I met with a uh, TV producer um, and talking about school and he's like oh where'd you go and I was like well I was at a prep school in Scarborough 
and then I went to <clears throat> school sort of <clears throat> sort of just outside London and he was like where and, just, and wheedled it out of me he was like why, why didn't you just fucking say, you know got, got pretty yeah. wary with me and I never heard from him again and he, he was right he was like just say where you went to school if, if someone asked yeah. but but there's, there was definitely a sense and that this was when sort of it was Cameron and Johnson and not that he went to Eton but Osborne and it was just like I don't really want to be that guy but um, at the same time you kind of own it and to be like oh I had this wonderful upbringing and I feel so guilty about it it just seems to be a double kick in the face to people yeah. who didn't so. I'd rather you were like it was cool and it was a really good experience and I had access to loads of things that loads of people don't and I feel really mm. grateful for that which I do 100%, yeah. And be like, I wouldn't be writing this column if I hadn't have had that necessarily, per se. Yeah. Or as easily, maybe I should say. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a funny one, but, um, you know, anyway. Sorry, friend of the podcast, Dolly Alterton. We like Dolly. Big topics, big, big topics. topics. Big topics. Sam's got some bigger topics, though. Oh, no. Yeah, I've got you some have to vast to topics. With rapidity. Huge. Okay. Okay, we're going we're gonna to rock a quiz. Okay, oh, God. Oh, no. Okay, so we do the quick fire. Okay. Okay. Cheese or dessert? Dessert, but regret it and then wish I'd ordered cheese. Would nice. you go dessert and then some cheese? Or maybe cheese, then dessert? Or are you going to pick one or the I other? I can't eat at the level that I used to eat at. In the olden days, when I was younger, she says at 25, I could, like, <laughs> smash through three courses. But now I get to, like, the end of my main and I'm like, I have to not finish my whole main if I want to have dessert. And that's quite stressful. I think I, I think I have that as well. I think I used to be able to eat a lot more food than I yeah. can I'm sort of disappointed. I was watching... Um, yeah, you always disappoint me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I disappoint Harsh. myself. I watched um, the uh, Anthony Bourdain, The No Reservation in Rome last night. Right. Um, in between my sickness. And uh, and I'm watching <laughs> him, and he was always like a... You know, he's a skinny, skinny dude. Yeah. But he eats. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. And I'm sure it's... But you think, actually, he's probably eating more than I think he's eating, because, oh, can you do that again? Because we didn't get yeah, it, yeah. or whatever else. And, and I was just like, I don't And, like, know. packing things into, like, three days. Yeah, and also to show a range of dishes in one place. There's four plates. I'm not saying he's putting down every plate. I know that. But I was like, I just couldn't do that. Yeah. I was like, what a brilliant job. Except I'd be like, do you know what? I'm full. Yeah, I do that annoying thing where I'm like, oh, I won't have a dessert, but I'll have, like, two spoonful of someone else's dessert. I'm yeah. that person now, which yeah. is shameful. That's like people who don't buy a packet of cigarettes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, can I just nick one? I'm not going to buy any. Potentially, this is probably a boring, boring observation of mine, but potentially that's also just in the editing. Because if you show someone, if you want to show someone drinking heavily, yeah. you could, in quick succession, show them taking six slugs yeah, of yeah. beer. It's like, oh, they've just drunk a half pint. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah that, but that's what I said. I know he's not finishing every plate of food. In, just in, think they should do that in, in MasterChef. They should make them eat every plate. And do you want to watch that little fella really putting down one of those dishes? Yeah, I want to. They have to Greg finish Wallace. the whole thing. But he would, he would put it down because he always says I could eat all of that. He's got really buff now, though. Has so it? maybe he's not. He want, I, I don't want to say buff because that makes it seem like I'm into Greg Wallace but like he's gotten into shape and he's been like Instagramming pictures of his back and stuff oh, wow gross yeah. what, what, do you what, what part of your body to, I don't, what part of your body to show up. as well what are you going to turn the photo off my back but it was like his back and he like contorted so his arm was also so it was oh. like arms and back it was like a whole like just really working those shoulder muscles yeah. beautiful 
he's a strange strange man I loved did you see the Twitter thing where someone someone had tweeted him a link to some sort of charity thing being like please my cousin has cancer <laughs> will you share this thing but he'd spelt Greg wrong he spelt it with one G and Greg replied saying oh it's actually Greg like with the two and the guy replied saying no worries mate it's only cancer <laughs> it was just like the best thing ever he makes a habit of correcting people's spelling of his name why don't you just spell it like everyone else spells Greg yeah I suppose you I, say the same for you yeah, yeah I get a lot of Y's yeah. and I have to be like it's Molly with an IE mm. but yeah, I'm, actually, I'm mellowing about it as I'm my wife gets it a lot as well A double B B Y I struggle to remember how to spell your wife's name IE as in yeah Yes. Johnny Mnemonic. Mnemonic. Well, I don't know how to say that word. How did you say that word? Mnemonic. A mnemonic. Like pneumonia. Mnemonic. 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 Because there's no U in it. Mnemonic. 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 Johnny Mnemonic. Is it Johnny Mnemonic? Brave, brave choice for a title of a sort of potentially blockbusting wasn't, but potentially maybe because <laughs> the title. Johnny, I'm old. Johnny. Okay. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Because nobody can say what it's called. No idea. Yeah, no, no sorry, idea. I'm really old. I'm really old. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, okay, flip flops, flip flopping on the big issues, or a rabbit named Floppy. What flip flops? Flip flops. Right. Flip flopping on the big issues. What is it? Not having an opinion. Or a rabbit named Floppy. Rabbit named Floppy. Yeah, do you like rabbits? Yeah. Okay. Tasty. Oh, to eat. Like. Like rabbit, just you, this is a kitchen podcast, yeah. so okay. We talked about food yet. Rabbits are good to eat. You ate some good rabbit in we just Rome. Ate, we just talked about food, did we? Cheese or dessert? That's oh, true, yeah. yeah. Okay, did you uh, because you had that rabbit stuff with sausage and truffle in Rome? Oh, I did, yeah. I tried right. to force through on the pigeon menu and got rebuffed, yeah, because I don't think it's an easy sell to people in London mm. on a mm. menu where they don't get to choose to not eat the bunny. Um, but it was delicious. That's true. Yeah, my wife and I put down some floppies. Do you rock a flip flop or a slider? I'm more of a Birkenstock. Oh, classy. Is that a slider? It's like a double slider. So yeah. it has like okay. two, and also sometimes some of them have like a heel strap. Yeah, more of, more of a kind of holy, I don't like the slapping of the sliders. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the noise. That. I don't like the like you know when you don't pick your thick up properly. Yeah, that's why they call them flip flops, of course. But. Of course, but. Okay, and flip flopping on the big issues? Not into that. <laughs> Increasingly more as people like so. I did this article on Monday about this parody account, and loads of people told, like told me that I was trash for it, and that I was. Yeah, I, I saw that. Article. Yeah, it was like it got a real. It got like a backlash last that I didn't expect. Why were you trash someone, for it? Well, so I so there's this parody. Do you know about the parody, like, Titania McGrath? Titania McGrath. Yeah, yeah. So it's like only because of your article. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like oh. So what is that? Sorry, I don't. Know. So it's this parody account by, run by the guy that co-writes Jonathan Pye right and it's like oh she's like a young millennial and it's it's basically making fun of the fact that young people have beliefs and stuff it's like she's like parodying the whole thing of like trans rights and like LGBT okay. rights and like everyone's offended by everything all the time and right, like right, snowflake right. generation okay that's what I was trying to say um, and I wrote saying like is it not a bit weird that like a four year old man's doing this and it's not I didn't find it overly funny and I just think it's interesting that like he would do it as a young woman rather than as a young man mm. and kind of gender politics of like women will get trashed for everything anyway and then loads of people would just quite didn't like it they did not like it didn't like it yeah Crikey. and they all kind of asked me telling me that I was stupid 
that wasn't funny. That's always a good rejoinder. You're yeah, stupid. you're stupid. You're not funny. This is exactly why they made the parody account in the first place. Are you a parody account? Oh, jeez. And it was like this whole thing, and it was quite. And what, what do you do in those instances? Um, do, do you like respond? Do you try and have a dialogue? Because like, Twitter's the, obviously a bit of a cesspit, but I mean, do you like, try? I don't know. I try if there are people that are like engaging with it actually, and saying sure. like. I don't get this bit because what about this? And I'm like, okay, that's fair. But if someone's just like... You're stupid. You're a snowflake. You're offended about everything. Right. Just, like, shut the fuck up. Then I won't because it's pointless. Like, they don't actually want to, like, engage with me. They just want to be mad online. Yeah. And there's not much value in that. Are you pretty proactive with the block button? Not so much blocking. Like, blocking if there's someone, like, repeatedly, like, going for me. Um, yeah, but otherwise you can like change your notifications so that you can only see like people that you follow and people that follow you. And actually, it's interesting when I like ticked the pe- like. So printer's taking. Yeah, I ticked one which is like only notifications from people that follow you, and it cut like all of them out because none of the people that were having a code with me actually followed me, right. which is quite interesting. Mm, yeah, they just seen it retweeted and were like, gonna have a go, but yeah. Well, it's wild. I'm about to. I mean, this is a tricky question, especially you know, just talked about some very big topics. So, okay, I'm just gonna. I just wanted to preempt it because I, I didn't sip. want you to be taken aback by it, and you know, because obviously you weather some tough stuff on Twitter, and I hope this doesn't get you in the trouble. Thing is, it wasn't even that tough. Someone was just like, "Do you want to write about this?" And I was like, "Yeah, for some money," and I did it. <laughs> and then everyone was really mad about it. And I was like, "Well, you're getting angry for free." And I got <laughs> I got paid to write about the thing that you hate. What's so somebody t- somebody uh, tweeted some interview with Samuel L. Jackson. Do you see that today? Yeah. That was great. And he was saying, "So he said, you know, you, are you thinking about your, you know, your career and stuff? Because you're quite outspoken against President Trump and stuff." And he was saying, "No, I just um, I don't give a fuck about that. What I care about is." He's taking away healthcare for people and mm. screwing over people. So now all my poor relatives are going to come to me and ask Rich <laughs> Samuel Jackson to pay Amazing. for their healthcare, and I don't want to have to fucking do that. So I'm going to take a swim, uh, swing at um, Donald Trump. Uh, but okay, so you don't have to answer if you don't want to because I don't want you to get in trouble on Twitter and whatnot. Okay, okay. so you don't have to answer if you don't want okay. to. But would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf? Okay, um, vampire. Really? Why a vampire? Yeah. Can sleep during the day. Okay. Um, it's like werewolves, technically. Werewolf- you have to sleep in the day because the sun is going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. Werewolves, I don't like the f- like the idea of fur maintenance. Ooh. So Good. I have eczema, and I feel like okay. werewolf fur would like exacerbate that. But you only get it once a month. That can be quite annoying. Just because it's only once a month doesn't mean that it isn't annoying. Okay. Talking about periods. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Didn't get that. Because in my head, werewolves is just like, oh, the moon comes out, but it's the full moon. Isn't it's it? the full moon. Okay. Um, yeah, vampire. Easy. Okay. Cool. Easy. James, you? I did always. You can't <laughs> oh talk about God. Michael Jackson now, can you? I mean, I was, no. it was like, oh, the thriller video scared me very much. Yeah. So I go vampire. Because I like Blade and Stephen Dorff's back That's in the Flash. Thing. Also with werewolves, True. there's always that idea, like from watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the documentary. Um, <laughs> there's always the idea that you don't remember what you did. Yeah, that's and I not feel good. like that would Ooh, fuck yeah. me up. Me too, because that happens anyway in regular life. But I don't have claws, big teeth, yeah. and I'm not covered entirely in hair. Entirely, yeah. yeah. 
There's some gaps. Sorry. Uh, your favourite pasta dish? My favourite pasta dish. Oh, God, this is so hard. Um, I love raviolis with, like, butternut squash in. And then, like, a little sage butter. Oh, yeah. Classic. I think like Classic that. Classic preparation. Yeah. yeah. I like quite simple. Simple, like... Or, like, if I'm really tired and can't be bothered, just, like, sautéing some tomatoes and some, like, oil. Do you, do you cook at home? Are you the I cook do, in your house? I'm or? not the cook. I use... So, when I lived by myself, I cooked a lot more, but now I live with my boyfriend and he does a lot of cooking as well, which is really nice. Um, do you guys ever cook together? Mm-hmm. Try? He... So, like, like yesterday, he asked if there was... Uh, it was my time to cook, and he asked if there was anything to do he could do. Um, to help I was making like a pasta bake and I was like yeah you could chop the vegetables and he chopped them and he chopped them too large Whoa! so then I was good. like well you've done like a really nice thing you've helped me but you've done it wrong yeah. so now I have to like re I have to go and cut them all up again because they're going to be too chunky and that's time consuming because you've got to get so I was like I might as well have just cut it in the first place or, so, or when pasta bake was mooted you could have said yeah what we should do is not make pasta bake and go out for dinner so I, try, I tried to, to like bake. hint at that but he was no, like he was set on the bake and he was the pasta. like no we have to do the bake okay so we did the bake and Some pasta the bake was too legit. large yeah. love pasta bake mm. um you can only eat one. What's your, sorry, Sam. What's your favourite pasta dish? <laughs> sorry, it doesn't have to come back at me. Well, I'm the master of the quiz or the quiz master, yeah. you know, which way you want to say. Great game. Yeah, usually I know. Usually I diss you for this. Favourite pasta dish. Um, oh god, this is terrible. But a bolognese. Really. <laughs> Yeah. What's your favourite pasta dish? Like a ragu, like a ragu. No, do you know what? Not a ragu, a bolognese with mints, not with meat falling apart, with mints. Minced beef. Carbonara, probably. Really? It was my quick fire answer, so I'm going to stick with it. Glad you didn't say cacio e pepe. Yeah, because you're anti that. Are you? Why are you anti cacio e pepe? I just think it's not as good as everyone says it is. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not down on it, but it's just that it's fine. It's not, oh my God, it's cacio e pepe. It's like, really? And what's your favourite, like, London pasta places? Because uh, Padella has a lot of hype. I've never been to Padella. I saw you tweeting about Padella. I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it good? We, so, no, we, so it's really good. But I went before. Now it's got too much of a hype. Okay, and when you right. try and go, there's like a really big queue. The queues are insane. Like ridiculous. So I was. I had a spare day the other day, and I was just like, oh, why don't I try and go and have like a solo lunch at Padella? And I went, and it didn't open until twelve, and I was there at eleven thirty, and there was already a queue. Wowza! And I was like, this is too much. Yeah, I, sh- I, I would really like to try Padella. I would. Um... I think in the evening they do those queuing systems where you can like sign up and then go away, which is yeah. quite useful. And you but can order, lunch, they, 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 they don't have an app now. You can order in advance something, skip the queue. There's something. Ooh, that's exciting. So I'm sure somebody was saying mm. uh, pasta. I like Chow Bella and I like Boca de Lupe. Mm. But I can't afford to go to Boca de Lupe because Pastayo is good. Pastayo is good. Yeah, they're, sorry, I forgot that. Like That's game, good. They do these like gamey sort of ravioli things. Yeah, fucking love ravioli. Yeah, they are. Good. I want to learn to make ravioli. That's my like thing to do this year. Pasta's deceptively difficult. Yes, yeah, really? the flour gets everywhere. Um, you can only eat one cuisine for the rest of your life. Oh. Um, that's hard it's going to be between Italian and Japanese and I can't choose okay well you can mix it up yeah well no because I can only pick one cuisine you can do I know but then again as the master of the quiz I'm giving you permission okay, to fusion cuisine that show those two yeah. yeah I'm watching Sopranos for the first time 
Oh my god! Halfway through Sopranos for the first it's time. The best book is on that shelf that I've just lent to him. The once you finished it, have you not seen it before? No. Oh so I'm watching god. it for the first time, and the food, like yeah, and like envy in that is huge. I got like a cookbook yeah, from yeah. Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, it's like this mock-up cookbook, which is mm. really good. It's um, yeah, Sopranos is the best thing mm. ever. It's really good. Um, when you finish it, you should totally read that book. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, that's why I was banging on about writers' rooms actually to you because in that book they talk about the Sopranos writers' room. That must have been an amazing writers' room. But the guy um, David Chase, who yeah. was the, you know the creator, or whatever, he would sit in the room. And they would sit there for six weeks trying to break the series or whatever, and they six weeks, and he'd just walk around or lie on the sofa with his eyes shut. And with all the other writers, and these are writers who've gone on to do, you know, Matthew Weiner, who did Weiner, who did um, Mad Men, yeah. um, Terence Winters, who did Boardwalk Empire, and all these guys, incredible, who've gone yeah. on to amazing things, and they're all sat in the room trying to come up it's with like stories. It's like amazing Tony does this, and Silvio does this, and da, 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 and he's not saying anything, not saying anything, not saying anything, and they start freaking out, and they're like, we should have broken all of these stories now, and we haven't, and he's just like, shut the fuck up, carry on. And they carry on, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, he kind and of then like he, he stands up and just writes on this board Tony the, all the main characters and just arced it all out and went yeah. and write the episodes it's and then amazing, he would punch like, up all the episodes it's amazing how but. much all the episodes like kind of within themselves you mm. could watch like totally, I read some sort totally, of view totally. and it was like each episode could be like a movie by itself absolutely I just think it's amazing yeah no it's the best it's the best thing that's ever been on TV to my mind um Anyway, sorry, that's my fanboy Sopranos moment. Uh, I mean, bigger. We need to focus on bigger issues. Like, do you believe in life after love? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I mean, the facts bear that out. That a lot of people fall out of love with things and they don't die. So. I'm with yeah, you. I feel like science backs me up here. <laughs> yeah, it does. I am yeah. backed by science. Although they did, a big lover of science. Although they did prove, didn't they, that broken heart syndrome exists? Yeah, it exists. A few but weeks you don't ago. die. No, you don't die. Well, maybe you do die. So share they, right. they proved that broken heart syndrome exists. Or like a bunch of scientists, like the the broken heart. There's like a condition body, that yeah, is your like body broken heart can react in a certain way. Well, physically, as opposed to your mental well-being. Yeah, yeah, physically. <clears throat> yeah. Do you believe in life after love? Yes. Uh, well, I love share. Yeah. I mean, she's asking the question. She doesn't really answer it. She poses it. She's, yeah. She sort of answers it. Do you believe? Because well, she's not with Sonny anymore, is she? Well, so it must exist. Yeah, but I that, don't really know that the backstory there. So. She did song. He skied into a tree. <laughs> is he dead? Yeah. yeah, he skied into a tree. Did he die? From Genuinely, you? that wasn't a joke. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh. did he die? But from you the... laughed. <laughs> <laughs> did he die from? Is that how he died? Yeah, oh, that's injury, how so. your teacher should go. Yes. Skin. No, because he's no. having fun just before he dies. You don't yeah. want to be having fun. Your and skiing's quite like bougie, so he would have had like a good yeah, innings up to there. Yeah, yeah, you don't a nice want bowl of you know alpine pasta. Uh, and finally, what's your favourite crisp <coughs> flavour? Oh god, I'm going to be really boring and just say ready salted. No, what I, kind so of flavour? I'm on like crisp? not a big crisp fan. Mm. I used, I was really freaked out by crisps for like a really long time because I find the packets really disconcerting. Really? I find like the packet's really greasy and that makes me really like anxious. What, what about if somebody it? tips them in a bowl? That's worse. Because then <sighs> I don't know what flavour they are. And what if I go to eat one and it's salt and vinegar? What, uh, and then what if I'm like sniff, sick? Sniff it. Sniff test. I should have done that earlier. There's people leave food out in the kitchen on the cooker. Yeah. Which, you, if it's on there, then you can help yourself. And this That's morning exciting. there were some cinnamon danishes there. I was like, delicious. Pulled off a bit at that. It's beautiful cinnamon flavour. 
came back came back this afternoon. It's a great review of a Danish day. <laughs> came back this afternoon and uh oh there's some more of that cinnamon Danish. Pull off a piece, put it in my mouth, and it's not the cinnamon Danish, it's some sort of very old because it wasn't just blue cheese flavour, it was mouldy blue cheese flavour. I don't even know why somebody left it, it was like a trick. Do you think they'd seen you eating the Danish in the morning and they were like, that mm. fucker? No, because they leave it there to share. Like, yeah, but I love share. that Sam had to go like, but then why oh, if they it's leave on the a... cooker, it's there to share. And they're like, no, it's not. You guys but have been why... <laughs> We've been thieving. But why would they share a mouldy blue cheese thing? I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like a trick or somebody's come in and left it there as a joke. And I, But honestly, it was like this weird sort of galetti thing or something with like, oh, blue cheese. Uh, yeah. And did you just take a bite and then leave it? I took a bite and then I spell it into the bin. Oh. It was probably perfectly nice. It was only because you were expecting sweet. No, no, Maybe it, your palate it, is it just really not refined nice. enough. It really wasn't nice. Sorry, that was the final of the quickfire questions. quiz because okay overrated underrated correctly rated of what i'm gonna tell you okay oh, and you right, have okay. to pick okay is that okay, okay? Yeah, yeah 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 cool okay tapas mm, correctly rated yeah yeah you're a fan of the tapas yeah i like spanish food and i like being able to taste lots of different things but not having to like commit one thing if you're with some people and you maybe you're eating tapas are you the person who's picking or you're like yeah whatever get some stuff picking yeah yeah what's the go-to uh, mm, like chorizo potatoes broth I feel like oh, I'm yeah. not pronouncing like um, tortilla no that's good that you just said chorizo because when people stop trying to pronounce it I don't even know how to pronounce it properly but yeah. people who really put put that little spin on that word especially is like fuck you they're like tasty potatoes in the tomatoiness. Yeah. yeah. Anchovies. Croquetas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was really well done. Yeah. <laughs> I feel do like I'm in Spain. I'm on the Iberico. Yes. Do you, do you enjoy tapas? Stuff. Tapas dining? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy the food of the tapas dining scene. Are yeah. you an anti-small plater? No, no, those people can fuck off. I, I find them so tedious, it's not even real. Oh, what's the sharing? Oh, why do we have to share everything? Why is this sharing nonsense? Like most countries' <laughs> cuisines involve sharing. I can't believe don't I be have a selfish to like... prick. Yeah, I feel like if true. you're going out for dinner with someone and you don't want to share your food with them, then why are you going out for dinner with them? That sounds like a bleak. Totally, no. That sounds like a bleak dinner. Because the only places you don't share is in hospital, because they, they might kill you if you share with them, because they might have yeah. some gross disease, or prison. Yeah. Because you get the trays with the little spots and whatnot, I mean, do you? Airplanes? Yeah. Ah, uh, no airplanes. Because you're getting the same food. School so dinners. Why would you share? Yeah. yeah, why would you share? Exactly. So people should share. Yeah. I agree. And also, what if you ordered bad and someone else ordered good? You I can just, just be like, it's small yeah. plates, so it's fine. Yeah. And you, there's always there's always another chance with small plates. Yeah. Isn't there? You're not like, oh my God, I ordered a turkey crown. And I've got this enormous turkey crown. <laughs> I've got a whole like, turkey crown. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but the price really racks up. <laughs> we'll just order less, you fuck. <laughs> Um, myths and legends overrated underrated or correctly rated in what context just myths and legends generally Um, underrated yeah yeah like a myth like a myth like a legend enjoy a legend like ghosts 
like haunted shit. See? Didn't mention ghosts. Once again, a guest has come on this podcast, James, <laughs> and mentioned ghosts. I can't Hot stop topic. what people do when they come on the podcast. It might be said you led the witness somewhat with your question. Myths and legends. I don't. There's been some Weird. chat, a lot of ghost chat on the podcast. Okay. James and some listeners, tired of it, we did a, <laughs> a survey whether people wanted or didn't want ghost chat. <laughs> Was a, there was a it solid was defeat referendum. Of, there was a solid defeat of the anti-ghoster movement, and then you just mentioned ghosts. Do, yeah. do you ever have you ever been haunted? I've never been haunted, but when I first moved to London, I did look up places in London that were haunted and oh, right. were likely to have ghosts and stuff. Are you like really scared, or you're interested? Ne- I feel like it's I feel like it's something for me that started off quite ironically, but right. now it's like embedded. Okay, and I'm. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a believer or a non-believer. Okay. I just... Uh, would you into, like spend the night in a haunted house? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. And you wouldn't be scared? I'm going to put in my will, if I ever own property, which I don't think I will, that whoever is going to like own it after me has to... Although I suppose I'd have to be haunted. I'm going to buy a haunted house, and then whoever like inherits it from me has to sleep in it for one night before they can get it. And then I'll set up some like Home Alone booby trap stuff. Nice. Yeah, that's wise. Yeah. I'd looked for a ghost in Thailand... Did you? Yeah, we went to this house that was like an early 20th century flat pack teak house that they picked right. up from Bangkok and taken up into the hills above Chiang Rai, so way in the north. And and we'd had a little tour of this house, which is now quite run down, but and it's kind of creepy. And it was the 74 year old Thai woman's father's house originally and she was like mm. this was his study and it looked exactly like that and I was like there's definitely ghosts here you know I don't believe in ghosts I was like if I, if there are ghosts in the it world would be here. this is the place so I'm kind of like I'm on I'm on lookout for this fucking ghost and didn't see him and so we go back outside and looking back up at this house and I see that a light's been left up on in his left on up in the study his study so I Hands shut up! I was like, I'm gonna go and turn that light. No on. way, really? Because I might see a ghost. Fucking ghosts! And you went up there. Yeah, but and I was a little bit frightened, a little bit excited. Didn't see a ghost. Did you feel a ghost? I felt very ghostly. No, but you didn't. You didn't feel the presence. No. Okay. But it was that. Didn't was like things, him because also exactly. it's spirit when, when and was like a non-believer like him. I'm not gonna yeah. waste the whole thing this. About Ghost is that you know it's all in the mind. It's like you see, th- you know, if you want to see things enough, or you're frightened about seeing things enough, you might see them. But maybe because I wanted it to real? see it. Yeah. Does that make it not real? <sighs> also, the interesting. Sub- he's maybe- very. We already discussed. He's very incurious, gentlemen. All right. Continue. See, but I didn't bring it up. I did no. not bring it up. So. I reckon you message all our guests and we'll say, <laughs> I when don't. you find the moment. <laughs> since I've stopped talking about it, honestly, the last three guests have brought up ghosts separate of me. That's because that's what I think. What, else, what do you think of when someone says myths and legends? Prince Arthur. Theseus. King Arthur. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he got promoted. Yeah, you know, King no, no, no. Arthur. No, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna, Isn't Prince I'm Arthur gonna... the baby? Yeah, well, he was, no. pr- he was prince before he was king. Louis? Wait. No, he wasn't. Because I saw the Guy Ritchie film. He came up from the streets. Did he? Spoke to David Beckham and then he pulled the sword out of the stone. Did he? And uh, then he was, know. and then he overthrew Jude Law, and then he was king. There was no like in between prince moment. Okay, I've got to say that I, that's I, me assuming like Guy Ritchie did it from from ancient from, texts. Like, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Guinevere. 
Um, uh, okay. Uh, the music of Elton John, overrated, underrated, correctly rated? Correctly rated. Well, people like the music of Elton John. Yeah, he's yeah. got a few bangers. Yeah. yeah. Has he got enough bangers to justify his reputation, do you think? I think it depends what you think his reputation is. Well, the people are like, oh, Elton John, yeah, great music, I'm going to go and see him. But they don't say he's, like, the greatest, do they? No, but they say he's good enough that I'm going to spend 150 quid on a ticket to go and see him at Wembley Stadium before he retires or dies or whatever that's is he's true. doing. That's true. Is he I doing a like tour, is he? That seems yeah, he's, like, he's doing his farewell tour, yeah. But that seems like... Le- le- that seems level. That seems, like, fine to me. Yeah? That seems like, yeah... Because I, I was thinking about Elton John, and I think because you said you watched that Queen movie, mm. and I really don't like the music of Queen. But do you not? No, not at all. Why? I loathe Queen. Wow. My wife sent me a video uh, uh, the other day of my kids. One plays the clarinet badly, and one plays the recorder even worse. And they're playing in the school concert, and they have to play "We Will Rock You." <laughs> and my wife sent me this video of the kids playing it and love my children and you know I'm sure they'll be incredibly musically gifted but you give them a Queen song to play and you give them that Queen song to play how good can it be mm. it's always going to be We Will Rock You by Queen and uh, it was uh, absolutely isn't that you noise. saying that your kids are bad and not that Queen is bad no 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 I'm, sa- I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying if you give my kids something awesome to play it would oh, be awesome but you're giving them We Will Rock You by Queen right which is one of the most horrific pieces of music that's ever been written to my mind I don't think that's their best but I I wouldn't then say that All Queen is bad I think that's controversial I don't want to see the film that scene is up there with the cringiest of all what scenes when they write We Will Rock You you want to curl up into a ball I haven't seen the film but from what I have seen it's not the greatest. It's not the champion of the world. Of but but so anyway, so the, the reason I asked the question is because then I moved from oh Queen Elton John. And I'm like oh Tiny Dancer. That's a tune. Tiny Daniel, Dancer. That's a great song. Yellow Brick Road. Well, Rocket right. Man. Yeah, Rocket Man. You can't argue. Rocket Man, and then William Shatner's the version of not Benny and the Jets. Yeah, Rocket Benny and the Jets. No. Good. No, it's yes, not. It is. It's, it's fun. Not. It's fun. Oh, it can't it's be fun. fun. It's music. Sixty-six percent advisory referendum. Life is too hard. Just let people have Benny and the Jets. But Benny and the Jets makes... Okay. All right. All right. All right. This yes. this is not for me. So this is allowed. Uh, that you've already answered, so I'm not going to ask you. Kombucha. And final question. Deliveroo. Overrated, underrated, correctly rated? Overrated. Why is Deliveroo overrated? I feel like oh, like Deliveroo is like a good thing and I like that food could be bought to me but it feels quite expensive compared to its competitors and I don't know how good their like employee-ness is yeah. like it feels like it's kind of like Uber is being held up as like the villain of the like app food bringers yeah as they call them the app food bringers mm. But, so I don't know but obviously like I order from there yeah and like well sometimes yeah I don't really I, don't, I think my daughter orders from we don't really have me. do you have delivery very often uh, yeah yeah but you know reluctantly yeah, I mean, you know, Mangal 2 delivers on Deliveroo. Does I it? feel like no, it's cool. uh, Deliveroo and those sorts of things are only as good as the places that they deliver from. Correct. I think my thing that I had in my head was somebody said that there's potential if we d- did a no-deal Brexit 
then there's no there's potential there wouldn't be Netflix in the yeah. UK which whether that's true or not I don't know no but I thought then, that was no is that not true? No, there, there mightn't be Netflix for UK citizens living in the EU. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Or, uh, or in the EU. I, mean, I just read the headline. But then I was thinking like, oh my God, you, everyone sits there looking at Netflix in the evening. Like, oh, what should we watch? And you just scroll through Netflix and can't think of anything to mm. watch. And I feel like you do the same thing with delivery. Mm. Yeah. Like, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. And you don't pick anything or you just oh, have. It's sad to me that, so I grew up in a village where there's no takeaway. There was no takeaway, and then I moved to London and was like, oh my God, I can literally eat whatever I want at any time and they'll bring it to my house. And I found it so exciting, and I've, I'm sad that that excitement has now gone for me. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, can't be bothered to cook, but I get a takeaway. What's and like, your I take it for granted. Um, like a Turkish, because mm. that feels vaguely healthy. Yeah. Because yeah, it comes with like with a salad, yeah. and you can be a bit like, oh. Small plates again, that Small kind of vibe. Plates. Sharing. And a, um, and a salad of raw onion has got to be healthy. You know, yeah. Bit of parsley through it. Exactly. Beautiful. Good stuff. Um, yeah, Thai, Japanese, everything. Mix it up. Yeah. Not a big fan of pizza. Pizza's not my, like, top. Yeah. Pizza's not my, like, top three. I heard about somebody today who doesn't like pizza. Yeah, you, until recently, you were yeah. always like, I do like pizza. No, I'm not wild I find that, like, the no? bar is really, like... Your daughter? Nora, she doesn't like pizza. Knew I had it in my head from today. Yeah, but she's only eighteen months. She doesn't. She hasn't seen the light. I feel like also going to have listeners be like, "Why are you giving an eighteen-month-old pizza?" (laughs) Are you doing like the cheese thing where you're just like throwing slices at her face? No, what is all that as well? It's just like what is that? People online throwing slices like like that American cheese in the faces of their babies and children. Yeah, it's just a bit like why. That's weird. All I saw was some self-righteous hand-wringing about it. They're like, I can't believe people do this to the... Oh, I did that. Oh, was that you? Yeah, that was me. Maybe it was your tweet. Well, it feels a bit bleak to throw cheese in a kid's face, no? Kids... just feels a bit like fucking... You should see my daughter when Tom throws... My four-year-old throws a flannel in her face. She thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, a four-year-old? This is a parent doing it. Yeah, but they throw a flannel in her face. But also then, for me, it's more the thing of, like, putting it online... I find that like do you post a lot uh, of yeah. stuff of your kids not a lot but occasionally but yeah I, yeah I find the thing of like giving it up and then I feel like when that child is like an age when they have their own like internet stuff I feel like there's going to be like a really interesting time where like loads of kids who have had their childhoods like documented online and then going to be like am I okay with that yeah and that's going to be quite interesting that is yeah that's true that's why I don't put my kids online because like, of that yeah throw cheese at your kid's face but just like Keep let them throw cheese on their own faces. Keep it in the privacy of your own home. Yeah, my daughter's 18. She wants to, like, whip a brie into her own eyes, then that's She's all for her. Now. But it wasn't my choice back in the day. Mm. I suppose the corollary is that we're just breeding these children who are, like, going to be just rampantly egotistical because all they've had is a camera in their face. And, like, my kid's always taking selfies. He's four, and he, he knows how to oh take gosh. pictures of himself. That's scary. And or it'll be the opposite, and they'll be like, I'm sick of this now. Could be that. But, I, yeah... Because if their parents have done it, I'm not saying you take selfies yeah. or whatever, but like they're, you know, generally the next generation tends to react against what their own parents. Yeah, did, and you see kind it? of like these mummy bloggers and stuff yeah. who like document their kids. Yeah, the daughters, the, 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 the sons and daughters of the mummy bloggers will be like, "Fuck, can't that. believe you did this." Yeah, mum yeah. sucks. They're not going to be like, "Oh, my mum was brilliant. I'm going to do what she does." Just do the like Macaulay Culkin thing and sue them immediately. Yeah. 
uh, the earnings lost divorce them or whatever what's it called emancipation uh, emancipation yeah straight in there <laughs> looked it up <laughs> <laughs> whoa uh, Molly for listeners who want to you know follow you learn more about you what's the what's the skinny um, I'm at handsmoleman on twitter and everywhere basically um, but only follow me if you can say nice things otherwise I'll just meet you damn right Thanks. Molly Goodfellow, a.k.a. at Hans Molman. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.